0: Hello, it's Mike Richards here from the Treasury Recruitment Company. I hope you're enjoying the Treasury Career Corner. If you are, great news. Perhaps you give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcast content. This means that even more treasury professionals can benefit from finding out or by finding out about how treasurers have achieved their career goals. The link to rate our show will list at the bottom of our show notes. And please remember as well, the show itself is as much about you as it is about us. If there are specific questions you want us to ask or this feedback you want to give, please drop me an email. My direct email is mike at recruitment.com, inventably enough. But anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get on with the show. So welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview treasury professionals about their treasury careers how they got their first start in treasury, where they are now, and where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. this week's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Dean Byrne, the Group Treasurer at JLT Group. JLT, or Jarlene Lloyd-Thompson Group, is a British multinational corp. They have headquarters in London, England, they provide... Insurance services, reinsurance, employment benefits, advice, and brokerage, and they're a constituent of the FTSE 250, top 250 companies in the UK. Dean's a career-long treasurer with experience in a number of sectors, including manufacturing, shipping, logistics, and more recently, financial services slash insurance. But what I want to do, as I do all the time, is you know take Dean back to the dim, distant past. We'll start with how Dean got his first start within Treasury as a Treasury Assistant at the London Clearinghouse, his progression through to his current role as the Group Treasurer at JLT. Dean, take us on the journey, and how far back do you think we should go?
1: Thanks very much, Mike. I mean, that's a bit of a loaded question, really, in terms of you know how long, how far back do I go? <laughs> so my career started uh, with, with no no real kind of plan to get into corporate treasury. I mean, it was a a chance introduction to a job. I was I I'd, I'd left school after my A levels. I was looking for my first job. I hadn't given a lot of thought, particularly to what I was going to do longer term, and it just happened that I found myself at an interview for a role as treasury assistant. As, as as we called it back then, with what was then known as ICCH or the London Clearing House, and again very much a you know a, a, a chance landing offered of the job in the Treasury Department as such, um, which was then responsible for calculating positions for the various commodity and financial futures brokers in the city, uh, margin calling, funding. And, you know, I had a couple of years there, which was a fantastic opportunity Mm -hmm. to get a good grounding in some of the basics. One, on, you know, in the early embryonic days of some of those markets, but also latterly into the, what they called the banking section in the clearinghouse, which basically dealt with their more wholesale funding, dealing with banks and money market lines. My particular role also included going to fetch the sandwiches and making the coffee for the more experienced members of that team. Stayed there for a couple of years and then thought, actually, quite liked this kind of world. It was interesting. It was finance, but it wasn't accounting. Um, the commerciality of it looked quite exciting. There was a lot going on in, in that world. I moved into my second role at the uh, what was then the, the Chloride Group PLC. They had a formal corporate treasury department run by one of the very early members of the ACT, worked for some great people there. Um, So I went there as a treasury assistant, again, actually had a version of a a TMS and worked there with um, an assistant group treasurer, a group treasurer on what would kind of become a fantastic grounding in cash management, early netting, foreign exchange management. And I spent three years actually at Chloride kind of learning really the basic in a kind of proper corporate world i mean chloride back then was a much bigger kind of more established blue chip plc and then an opportunity came along for me to move up to another kind of level within a team in a in a more of a startup situation so i i left to join airplus which i think most people recognise now as a um, a t and e card program for um, a number of the airlines but but back then this was a start up by British Airways to establish a a, a a competitor for american express and diners club right well, uh, um, so there were some really interesting treasury challenges that came along with that. In terms of international funding, how that program would be managed from a financial operations perspective, but some interest in foreign exchange implications that would come along with that. It was exciting. It was a startup. I was quite young. It was international, and I stayed with them. The best part of four or five years, having a really interesting time. A lot of lot of travel. Time to get back into a more formal or more traditional. Corporate treasury role, so I joined uh, in one thousand nine hundred and ninety one I joined EAC or the east as- East Asiatic Group, which was a Danish multinational with a big shipping operation as divisional treasurer mm. to effectively build a treasury function for the group that would underpin you know an international container shipping line i mean the, the, you know, the, it was really around kind of getting the basics kind of tied down around first of all you know, the cash and liquidity for the group to so negotiating banking arrangements, cash pooling, all of the kind of things that you'd expect with a um, a corporate treasury team. EAC decided that they were going to divest that business to mask AP mm. Moller. Mm. So essentially, you know, I faced an uncertain future at EAC. Opportunity came back kind of strangely enough, and you never know what might kind of turn up one morning to go back to chloride. So chloride were looking uh, for a treasury manager. I mean, the group had shrunk a little bit. They repositioned themselves from their old kind of lead acid, lead lead acid battery manufacturer and other electronics into a provider of UPS equipment, standby power supplies. Um, so they'd repositioned the business quite successfully, and they were looking for someone to head their treasury function. I guess the fact that I'd been there before piqued their interest. But I went and had a chat with them. They were looking to kind of move their treasury function on a bit, and so I decided, you know, to do something I thought I wouldn't do, which was kind of almost go backwards. Stayed with them actually for about four years, um, working, you know, with them as they kind of went through a slight expansion program, having repositioned the business, and that. You know, position was a classic treasury manager's role. had a um, had a really interesting kind of role there. Actually, I mean, you know, the, the, group, the group. I thought I I'd taken the role as far as I wanted to take it. Wanted yeah. to move my next role. Opportunity arose to go to Tenaco, mm-hmm. Joined Tenaco as assistant treasurer in their London. Or um, well, their international treasury was 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 based in based in London in the UK. I mean, by this time, Teneco had kind of been through a bit of a reshaping. They were an automotive component and packaging uh, manufacturer. Had quite a sophisticated treasury function based in London, um, which basically ran their international cash management, their cross currency pooling, um, netting system, and reported into a, a US corporate treasurer it was actually a u.s it was a u.s uh, conglomerate yeah 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 based based um based in delaware at the time they'd been through a kind of navel gazing exercise I, i guess around where they wanted to restructure until uh i kind of went on a summer break um about four years into the role and um about halfway through my summer break it's actually about have a family barbecue, I uh, got a phone call actually from someone who had said some you know, had, had some kind words said about me and asked me if I was interested in um, a role with Williams Holdings, which was a group treasurer's role. Williams were going into the process of a of a of a de of a demerger. They basically had a, a fire protection business and a security business. Um they'd been a very large UK conglomerate. And they were looking at de-merging into the two businesses which became Kidder PLC uh, and Chubb PLC. Looking for a group treasurer for one of those businesses, um, I went to have a chat with them. Within a day or so, they'd come back to me and, and offered me the role as group treasurer of Kidder PLC, uh, which was an interesting conversation when I went back to my job at Tenneco on on the first Monday after my. Um, holiday where I found myself in a situation where I was revi- re- resigning from a role, and the treasurer there was telling me that she was about to go on maternity leave. So uh, that was all a little bit um, of a, an inconvenient discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I joined Williams um, and worked with them for you know a six month period on the demerger planning. I mean, one of the key challenges there was uh, was 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 looking at how. Um, the two businesses would be financed, so they 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 entered into a syndication process. Um, which, unfortunately, uh, one of the challenges in that syndication process was that um, they hadn't made participation in in the um, the credit facilities of both businesses on an independent basis, um, contingent on being in the deal at all. So, unfortunately, they had um, a situation where uh, lots of the banks went into one company and left the other one slightly underfunded. So one of my first challenges as uh, group treasurer of Kidder was to prop up their syndicated RCF, uh, which was um, a bit of an eye opener in terms of how to kind of not do a demerger. Yeah. Um, so join joined Kidder. Um, worked with uh, the Group FD at Kidder to prop up what was a kind of, you know, a challenging financing, not because the business wasn't a, a good proposition. It's just that, you know, the capital appetite of of, of of the banks was really targeted on an exposure to one of those businesses. But we developed great relationships actually came out of that. So successfully pulled that together and then worked to build a treasury function um, at Kidder PLC as a new business, which was um, had previously been a, a divisional business. And how big was so the treasury team there? Or? Five people or so. It um, wasn't a huge team, but hired some good people, worked with some, some, some good banks. We put some systems in, covered all the basics, cash management. You know, got to know, you know, the businesses that, you know, made up that group. Um and, and developed I think what was quite a well regarded function um, internally by you know embedding it as as actually, you know, part of the business. Um um you know, that's about really seeing treasury not as a kind of isolated, you know, corporate function. It's about seeing treasury as as a support to the business that, that can add a value add. How long were you there at Kidda? Uh, I spent five years at Kidder, Mike. Um to 2005 so 2005 uh united technologies corporation big american kind of oh, Goliath, yeah. uh, utc basically they they'd acquired the chub business which had kind of split out our sister company um, about 18 months before and ironically as these kind of things go in investment banking and, and the city, came and bought Kidder and put the two businesses back together again. So it was you know, the reunion of the old Williams businesses. But um, as part of that process, I, I worked with UTC to, to transition. I had a couple of other opportunities come along during that process, but uh, the acquisition basically crystallized an exit for me from from Kidder PLC. I had had a couple of opportunities and I was I, I was offered a role... With a another traditional kind of manufacturing footsie PLC, which I'd been minded to to accept, yeah. and then kind of out of left field came a, 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 the role at JLT. So uh, I didn't know I'd never worked in in, in financial services before, as, as 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 kind of you would know it now. Certainly not in the insurance world or for an insurance broker. The role at JLT came along. I you know came along met the folk at JLT. There was an established function here. It wasn't particularly a big function, but the company wasn't, you know, in the same shape or size it is today. I thought it would be a really interesting thing to do. I mean, and and learn, you know, what a corporate treasury could do for a business like this, big shift from you know traditional industrial
0: corporate to financial services, sort of regulation regulated
1: oh, absolutely, treasure. yeah. I mean, I mean, JLT was a kind of combination of a number of businesses. It was a specialty insurance business, which kind of deals with high-end kind of risks for large corporates. The aviation market, marine market, financial services. There was a reinsurance business. Um, there was an employee benefits business, which is mm. basically, you know, an admin provider for big pension schemes, and also, you know, has a consultancy um which advises on pension scheme kind of risk management and and those kind of things
0: when you started out though it wasn't quite like that though surely i think when we first used to speak about the role it was a bit more traditional insurance and then those sort of things came on board or how would you describe yeah. this well, business?
1: It, it was more traditional insurance in the context of the i mean the reinsurance piece was a was a growing piece there was a wholesale insurance um broking business but in essence, it was a, you know, an international insurance broker that dealt primarily with corporate clients and mm. had, I mean, from a treasury perspective, kind of some very interesting challenges. With with regulation came a lot of risk and compliance considerations. You know, client money. Um, on the face of it, their business was a, a a business of a size in terms of fees and commissions, but actually, the fiduciary client money aspect of it was really interesting in terms of the of the investment um, of those funds um all, 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 which all sat within treasury and, and regulatory capital requirements liquidity requirements you know and how it was risked etc that this this was kind of all fairly new to broking but also fairly new from a treasury perspective so you know that's the big difference between a if you're thinking about Cash management, risk management, funding—that you might kind of encounter was traditional in a corporate, corporate, treasury yeah. function. Traditional corporate. is quite different, you know. And a lot of you know, if you think about how treasury sat back then, I mean, I'm talking—I mean, I came in 2000 and thought 2005, and thought that I would, you know, maybe maybe stay four or five years, and I'm I'm here 14 years, nearly later. You kind of have to kind of wind the clock back and think about what it looked back then. It was a small function. Wasn't you know, it was it was certainly a corporate level function. Wasn't necessarily embedded across the business. A lot of there was a lot of treasury activity that kind of sat outside treasury within the businesses. And a lot of, I guess, historic kind of practices around a broking business that people would kind of Explain with the you know introduction. It's very complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know there's a lot of kind of barriers to break down in terms of h- how you might transition what is essentially a cash management function with a bit of risk management bolted on into a, if you like, what I thought ought to be a full service treasury team in a business which was had been quite challenged. I mean the business had. Gone through some management changes, I had issued a profits warning. I mean, you know, a number of people that I spoke to at the time about should I do this or should I do something else had said yeah. to me that you know you must be mad or that's a big risk. And I thought, well, yeah, but it'll be interesting, and you know, I can always do something a bit more boring later. <laughs> um, so, so I came to JLT, and yeah, I mean, been a fantastic. It's been a fantastic business from a treasury perspective. It's been um, there's been some really interesting challenges along the way. I would just say, when you've brought
0: people into the function, as you say, yeah. what what have you said to them about, you know, i.e. why would someone come in and join JLT Treasury? You know, what what is it about it for people's Treasury careers, maybe junior guys or mid-level guys they are coming in? It's different, but it's financial services, Treasury, is it? Or, you know, how would you
1: describe it to those guys? Some of it is very consistent with the kind of challenges you'd expect in any business Uh, There's a balance sheet, capital structure to be thought about in terms of how that kind of has evolved with the business. You know, there's been funding requirements, you know, over the years. We've gone from a business which historically didn't have – JLT's grown quite kind of fast over years through M&A. Most of that has been either financed through our own cash resources or through debt, so we've gone from a business which had no debt at all to a business which has geared up to an appropriate level of net debt in terms of its balance sheet. and that's for a cash generative business, then that that's all been kind of self and reinvested. So if we think about all the kind of the usual kind of challenges that you might find in in, in our business, there's funding, there's cash management, there's liquidity there's the kind of risk management around FX and around interest rates. I mean, all of those are the usual challenges that you yeah. find in any corporate. It's just that they're kind of driven by different drivers. I mean, our business is, it's a people business. From a tangible asset perspective, it's, it's pretty light in terms of assets, but but it's a cash flow based service business. You know, the challenge in our business is one, you know, you've got the kind of the dual cash throughputs in the business, which would be fiduciary funds and client funds on the one hand, but also the regulatory requirements around how we manage that and then how we extract our own income from that in terms of fees and commissions. And then, you know, that's your kind of traditional corporate cash management challenge. And how do you challenge that, li- channel that liquidity up through the group? Uh, whilst you kind of manage the fiduciary side of the business, which um, you wouldn't they'll be financially literate. But, and then a, a significant proportion of our UK revenue. I mean, JLT is a global group, and we've got businesses from Latin America through the US, uh, out through a very strong business across Asia uh, into Australia. So, you know, you've got some really interesting currency exposure challenges. I mean, predominantly transactional exposure management. You know, we've been very active around or one of my early challenges was getting people to think more proactively around how that is managed. So we have quite a, a proactive hedging program that sits around our currency denominated revenues that, that goes out, you know, three, four years. So, yeah. So in terms of attracting people into the team, the challenge has not been about attracting people into the team. It's been about the, the people with the right attitude to be in our team. I mean, typically, JLT is kind of a fast-moving place. It's um, You never quite know what's going to come across the desk on any particular day. got to bed that down with all the kind of Treasury 101 things that you need to think about in terms of basic controls, pretty demanding exec management that sits at our board level. I mean, it's a busy, fast-moving place, as you've seen with a company that's grown kind of our best part of fourth. A folder last 10 years and with those people that you're attracting in what are you yeah. looking you know you've talked about
0: attitude but what else are you looking for in terms of you said you're not a qualified accountant
1: but is that something you look for or what sort of qualifications or what varies. Sort of i mean varies you know i mean i think there's a baseline typically i mean most of the folk in our team of degree educated uh-huh. it's not exclusively around that i mean in terms of our core treasury team you know we've got a mixture of people that we've kind of homegrown for our grad program or found them in other parts of the business and thought that they've got potential I think the most important things for us are one is that they're really interested in in what they're doing commitment flexibility silo people you know it's not you don't do one line of work all day long I mean you're going to expect it to kind of get involved in quite a lot of different things yeah. and I think that's quite attractive certainly to people who are trying to broaden their experience as they grow in a, in a treasury team, which has become very well established throughout the group. It's certainly a bit bigger than when I first arrived, but it's taken on quite a lot of responsibility and activity from around the group. So yeah. we've done our fair share of, of centralization, which has been a challenge. People can be quite parochial about the functions that sit within their individual companies. But we've got to a place now, I think, where team engage well internally and externally you know it's an interesting it's been an interesting place to work within a kind of treasury environment and found that that people have responded you know well to variable kind of responsibilities you know and occasionally throwing people in at the deep end and yeah. and giving them some real challenges and you, you and I have talked in the past. You're, you're slightly
0: unusual in that a lot of treasury departments, are, you know, all for you know, big technology must get in this big system, must do that. But yeah. you've got a much more sort of real world ethos. Or you know, just explain to the listeners how it's a bit different with you guys, because know
1: part of it is around the fact that, like, like a lot of broking businesses that's grown through acquisition, we've got some quite bespoke kind of back office systems. I mean, one of the things that we've kind of bolted onto our treasury responsibilities, and I'm also responsible not just for corporate treasury here, but also for some of the financial operating teams that that support the UK broking business, for example, which is kind of, you know, credit credit control functions. Um, We call it IBA, but it's basically back office finance operations, but kind of fits straight into settlements to... Insurance market, which is essentially a cash management function, so we've got some centralised service functions that now form part of the Treasury Group. You know, fitting the various systems that we've got together don't necessarily lend themselves to a kind of off-the-shelf you know, TMS package. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we deal with a kind of, and I think you know it, it's worked for us. We've been you know we've got a, a we, we've had a, a project running to look at you know, taking that to the next stage. But we've automated quite a lot of activity between our back office systems and our kind of banking systems. So it is kind of rather more bespoke than plugging in a TMS that you've bought off the shelf or, you know, developing what is part of your kind of wider financial accounting or financial enterprise system. Yeah, rather than um, just expecting it to do everything, something that's right. So, but that, but again, that that means, and also, you know, you've got a whole raft of FCA client money regulations that you have to be compliant with around how we handle, you know, quite a big balance of, you know, other people's money that sits on our balance sheet. So, in any one time, we'll have a you know a billion or so of what we call client client funds that we, we we're investing alongside the funding and liquidity requirements of our of our own business so in terms of the day-to-day operations of our treasury you know team i mean it it's mostly centered around all of things you'd expect to find in a traditional corporate treasury team for example you know cash and you know the daily cash and liquidity requirements of the business um, how we move money around the group how we manage our external banking relationships and funding relationships you know, and we've had to kind of. I think if I was to look back and think about, you know, one of the things that that I think we've, you know, we we I'd be proud of over the last ten years is is how we've built a fan base of debt investors. You know, we've we've done four private placement issues. We were the first non, um, well, we were the first financial non bank financial into the private placement market back in 2010, sort of post the financial crisis. We've grown our, our bank group and our revolving credit facility that supports that, you know, successfully over the years and some great external sustained relationships, which has underpinned quite a lot of growth yeah. um, in our business. And, you know, the, the the team that, I mean, certainly the current team that we've got, I mean, I've been lucky over years. I mean, you know, you I think I've been happy to, very happy to kind of have worked with some great people in the teams I've had here and they have their natural kind of lifespan and people have wanted to move on and, you know, take on sort of bigger jobs that, that might not have been a uh, an opportunity within the group. And, um, you know, I've had some great people come through those teams and there's kind of a generational change every now and again. And I think that the team, you know, say so the current team, I think does a terrific job. Part of that is kind of if you like, self-grown, part of that you've helped me with over the years, Mike, in terms of bringing in some people. I mean, JLT is not the kind of environment where if if you want routine and if you want to, you know, have a... A nine to five kind of existence is probably not the place for you to work, um, <laughs> you, as you think, as you as you know. Well,
0: I, think, um, think you, but, I, think, I think you just described how when I recruit for you, um, <laughs> it's like, do you want do you want the same thing day after day and nine to five? Right, great. No,
1: you're not good for this job. You know, it's, that's uh, right. Yeah, but uh, but as you know, I mean, develop some some great people. <laughs> People have gone on to great jobs from JLT, and I think that's always an attraction for for candidates who are kind of looking for that kind of role. So I would say to anyone that's kind of out there working in a you know traditional kind of manufacturing function, be imaginative and, and explore opportunities in different sectors and don't necessarily kind of be put off by the mysterious world of insurance and insurance broking because, you know, it can be really interesting. And
0: you talked there about the development of the team and everything else, but with treasury development, you know that's one of the key things that, yeah, you know, big thing. I've been at you know so many conferences. I've spoken to a thousand people this year at different conferences in total, and you know next year we're going to be doing a lot about the future of treasury and stuff, but. Just taking an eye to the past before and, and as you look at the past, present, future yeah you you joined it, you were you know <clears throat> strong operation and everything else you've seen it straight through processing everything else. where have you seen it go from to and going you know the from to
1: future so sort I of think would you say well, I think it's come from a i mean if we think about where corporate treasury kind of management from a technology perspective was you know, back at the beginning of my career, I mean, you know, I remember the days when, you know, you kind of have a runner, go over to the bank and bring back a printout with, with the bank balances on in the day. I mean, mm-hmm. you, know, um, the, you know, a big printer that, you know, an online banking portal back in the day was kind of revolutionary. And we've gone from there through to, you know, all sorts of opportunities in terms of automation, interfacing. Uh, I mean, I don't even think that, I mean, if I think about, you know, the business that we're in, you know, I think that we've started to move along that path, but an awful lot more opportunity for us to get our to get our hands around in terms of how we how you automate back office functional systems, you know, from a business perspective into kind of a front end treasury world, you know, where you know you're taking out your know, kind of manual intervention, you know, mm. all the way along the chain, and then of course there's the 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 big challenge of that is achieving that with you know the right level of of, of control. Because, you know, from a risk and compliance perspective, you know, that's the kind of world certainly is the fastest, you know, expanding part of our business in terms of how it, how it interfaces with us. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, there are a lot of people that are way ahead of us on that journey in terms of, you know, where treasury management systems have gone. I mean, that's part of the kind of skill set that, you know, we would kind of bring into our team at the moment people with experience across those areas and trying to encourage people to kind of not necessarily when we've made an acquisition, for example, not just lift and shift what they do on a day-to-day basis into, you know, mold it into our world, but actually step back and kind of scrub the whiteboard clean and think about, you know, where, where, where do we want to end up? And, and and maybe start re-engineering, you know, periodically what, what we do, you know, don't just try and retrofit new opportunities into the kind of, you know, the infrastructure that we're working with, you know, I think we're, we've still got a lot to do in terms of how we drive payment processes through our kind of banking portals and things like that. So, you know, the Holy Grail is that kind of, you know, that that one treasury hub that kind of drives all of that Mm. for GLT. But again, we're not, it's not a straightforward business because, you know, we're not just looking at how we do our own kind of currency management, how we do our own, you know liquidity and cash management, how we manage our, you know, banking database, all all those kind of things on a day to day basis, have got to sit alongside a client money portfolio, uh, and you know a, a a function that's settling large volumes of payments to and from the marketplace for clients and insurers. Before we wrap
0: up today, Dean, you started originally as a treasury assistant. You've achieved career success and become the global treasurer of a jlt group what advice would you perhaps give to
1: our listeners if they wanted to follow your career path oh if i'm honest about it i don't think i kind of sat back at any point in time and mapped out that i'd want to go through those kind of classic the classic ladder progression yeah um i've been lucky to over the years have had some of those opportunities open up and, and 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 i've worked importantly i've worked for some really good people you know worked for some kind of you know, great mentors who've guided me well, actually, and not necessarily kind of always encouraged me to to play too safely. I would say, wide opportunities. You know, be be patient and don't be too keen to kind of keep moving on. You know, for big titles in small companies. I think mm. that you get groundings in the basics and work in interesting places. You it sounds quite obvious. Obviously, learn as 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 much as you can. Um, along the way, but 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 try different sectors. You know, don't get kind of rooted into a, a silo or a comfort zone that, that that you end up staying in for a, a long time. You know, broad. You know, I think a broad skills base um, and and being flexible um, mm. is 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 more attractive than narrow specialisms.
0: So, Dean, today before our call, we discussed that the world for JLT has changed uh, a little bit recently. Can you just perhaps explain that for our listeners a little bit more?
1: That's right, Mike. As you may have seen, JLT in September announced it's being acquired by Marshall McLennan. Right. Uh, the deal was approved by our shareholders in November, and we expect it to clear regulatory approvals, etc., probably sometime during the first half of 2019. So we'll be working on the combination of the two treasury functions with Marsh and McLennan Um, should be an interesting project. And I think that there'll be some opportunities um, that comes out of that process for our staff. In the meantime, I think that it's business as usual for us at JLT and we'll look forward to, I think, what's going to be some pretty interesting activity in 2019. With respect to your,
0: you know, you've had this very successful treasury career. Any final words of advice
1: you'd say to people? I mean, I think that, look, I would say that if people are thinking about, you know, a career in treasury, I've really enjoyed it, it's, it's, it's got a commercial kind of application that, you know, an accounting career, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a banker, whether you just want to get into corporate treasury and you want to qualify as a treasurer, it's certainly been an, an, an interesting and enjoyable and kind of fast-moving area to work in. It's got a commercial application across the business, it aligns with the business, you can add real value in a business. Certainly, I'd say to anybody that corporate treasuries, you know, it's, it's, it's a fantastic career. It's a much more expanded and varied career now. It probably was when I began mm. my career. Mike, don't be shy, but people should pick up the phone to you and they can ask your advice. You know a lot of people in the market. You know a lot of companies known you for a long time. Certainly, you know, whether it's just advice on recruitment, whether it's advice on a next role, found it very easy to pick up the phone to you. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of how I've looked at where, we've, where I've been. It's been great. I've had some great challenges. been hard work at times. I've loved building teams. I've loved working externally facing. It's a good role to be in. Let's see where the world goes from here. Lots of, lots of things
0: coming along in 2019. And, well, you we'll, right. we can see. But it's been great, as always, chatting to you. And thanks for your time. Thanks, Mike.